You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 147 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and as always, we have a very exciting episode for all of you, which is super exciting. Uh, we have an incredible guest on today's podcast, and we have lots to talk about. So our guest this week is Nikki Renee Daniels. If you haven't seen from, um, you know, the image or whatever you maybe the the title of the podcast, whatever it is, um, I'm sure you know. But we have a very exciting guest, and I'm so excited to talk her. Uh, we have some cool conversations that are kind of new in the sense of conversations that we've just never had on the podcast before. So I'm um, very excited to to share that all with you. And uh, before we get over to that, we got to talk about some Broadway news because there is, as I've mentioned the past few weeks, a lot going on. Uh, You know, again, it's that time of year. All of these things are opening and new shows are coming in and we're having some casting announcements and all the things. So it's a very exciting time. Um, And I guess to to start us out, happy first preview uh, to New York, New York, and the Thanksgiving play, which are going to have their first performance on Broadway very soon. Not quite their opening yet, but you know who is opening. Bad Cinderella is opening today, Thursday, March 23rd, and Sweeney Todd is going to be opening on Sunday. So very, very exciting stuff. We have some great content coming your way in, uh, I guess, in collaboration with them. Um, so I'm very excited for it. Uh, Bad Cinderella and Sweeney Todd both opening officially here on Broadway. Super exciting stuff. Congrats to everyone involved, by the way. Super exciting. Uh, we also have some more exciting news when literally the entire theater community won yesterday on Wednesday. And uh, we all kind of rejoiced in celebrating uh, that Smash the Musical is happening and it is coming to Broadway in 2024, the 2025 season. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very excited about this. It's basically like, I don't know, like a glee coming to Broadway. You know, it's just going to be a fun uh, thing. And it's something that I think that everyone's kind of wanted and would be like wanted to see on Broadway for quite some time because it's again like that. I I talk a lot about it on here, um, but like when Broadway and, you know, a wider audience is able to come together. So people all around the world were able to access the show surrounding theater, um, but it was Broadway themed. So it was able to target that market as well as just your average, you know, TV movie lover goer, uh, whatever you want to call yourself. 
And so to to have that now uh, colliding on a stage, I think is going to be super fun. And I think that uh, Broadway, here I come on Broadway, would just be absolutely insane. I am so excited for it. Um, if you can't tell, and uh, now I have to go like watch the the full series because I haven't even watched the full series all the way through. I know. I'm bad. I'm a fake theater person, but it's fine. Um, I, I, this has inspired me to do so, and I cannot wait. And I cannot wait to see what they do here on Broadway because I think that'll be something quite special. So, um, yeah, with that being said, very exciting stuff. Steven Spielberg is going to be a part of it, uh, producing. And I don't think anybody needs to say anything else because uh, it's Smash. It has a name. It has a named producer. Um, so I can't even imagine what this cast announcement is going to be so um very exciting stuff this week this past week the jonas brothers were on broadway at the marriott marquee theater and you know what they did something that was really really cool uh they they incorporated broadway in in their concert you know they they were obviously promoting their new album called the album uh which is coming out on my birthday may 5th cinco de mayo very exciting uh i unfortunately didn't get to see uh i i wasn't in attendance yet for any of the performances but um it was cool because it seemed like they were really cool and encouraging people to video and and uh capture their own sort of content memories from that night um so it was cool to see what they did and kind of get a live look at it and instead of having like uh you know how like concerts may have like an opening act or whatever that is they had that here on broadway but they really made it a broadway themed and it was like they had broadway people come in and play the jonas brothers and i i don't know exactly like because rob mcclure did a monologue and then they we had Catherine gallagher sis and antonio cipriano um they they did like a uh sketch and we had like a young version of grace capeless shahadi wright joseph um i'm just naming people that i know because i can't remember all of them off the top of my head but it was just really really cool to see um all of these people and and some take about family members on stage with the jonas brothers and and include that includes um like andrew barth feldman and alex boniello um they also did stuff and um it, it was just really cool to see and i actually was able to like talk to andrew barth feldman about it and we were we were at the same like restaurant the other night and i was talking to him about it and he was like the way that it happened is apparently michael park is like really good friends with the jonas brothers and michael park kind of like made a few phone calls michael park was like the best man at like one of their weddings so like that's how great friends they are um really random but like kind of makes sense same just like rob mcclure and the jones brothers it's like really random but it just like makes sense um i, I don't know that's the way i i think of it at least but it was really cool so apparently like michael park was just making phone calls and being like hey would you want to like perform on stage as the jonas brothers but like in front of them and open for them and all these things so it was really really cool uh, 
to kind of hear that story and kind of like hear how it all like went down. And if you missed it, then you could totally check them out on like YouTube. There's fellow podcasters and content creators that captured it there. I'm sure you've seen it on like TikTok or social media of some sort. Um, if you have been following or like are on the theater um, side of those things, but uh, really cool nonetheless. And uh, shout out to the Jonas Brothers. You know, Nick Jonas was obviously uh, has a history of Broadway, you know, with how to succeed. I know he was in Les Mis on Broadway. So it was cool to see that kind of connection and kind of their ode to Broadway while doing, you know, their thing and what's brought them success over the years. So uh, really cool and huge success over at the Marriott Marquis. So shout out to them and uh, shout outs are going to continue here. Uh, We have to shout out Jelani Remy and JJ Neiman and the rest of the full casting company that was just announced for Back to the Future. We have some Take About family members such as Jelani Remy and JJ Neiman, who I just named. Um, And then hopefully some more uh, future Take About family members because, you know, we have a lot. It's a big company and I hope to be able to, to chat with some of those wonderful and very talented cast and Amber Ardolino is in it and Casey Likes, obviously, and Roger Bart and um, all of these fantastic people. So uh, it's, it's very exciting. And I think it'll be super good. I'm, I'm getting very excited about it. I wasn't as like, I, I wasn't like completely sold on it. And I was kind of like confused as to like what they were going to do and like what it was going to be. But this cast announcement, I don't know how you can't be excited. So um, shout out to, to everyone there and can't wait to uh, see that when it's on Broadway here and see what they do with it. The shout outs are going to continue. I was able to see a lot of theater last, l- last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week was spring break. I don't know. It was like weird because I feel like it's been a long week, but like not at all. It's been very fast. Anyways, like I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in a month, but we're doing it right now. So it's great. Uh, But there's lots to catch up on. So I went to see Chicago, which was great. I didn't get to see Jinx Monsoon and I was very upset about it, but uh, the understudy was fabulous uh, and she did a great job. It was interesting to see Chicago now, um, I saw Chicago when Carly Hughes was in it back in like 20, maybe 16. And I was literally like a child. And I still am a child, but don't get me wrong. But like I was fully like not even a teenager yet when I saw Chicago the first time. And it kind of like went over my head and scarred me and did all the things a little bit. Um, and I just like didn't understand it. But like the fact that I went back and I saw it and the way that the show is literally just about like show business in a way and like the crazy things that people do to be involved in the industry and all the things. It, it, I just had like a completely new uh, perspective on it and, and a new appreciation for the show. And like literally like why every song in Chicago is like, a universally well known like dance or song or like literally like just a historic piece of musical theater it kind of blew me away um just to like you know every other song was like oh wait i know that song like oh wait i know that dance i learned that in a dance class you know like it was crazy um but very very cool and shout out to um one of my pippin friends charlotte demboise who just continues to keep on coming back to this show and killing it all these years later as Roxy Hart and and keeps on having these stints with the show. So very exciting stuff in there. Chicago is just a well 
oiled machine at this point. And uh, hopefully we'll get some Chicago people on to, to talk more about the show, but it's uh, pretty cool. I also want to shout out Abby Day Phillips, who you all know is a Take a Bow family member. I love her with all my heart. She puts on these wonderful cabarets and she did a Broadway breakup cabaret, which was super fun, super exciting. You can see a bunch of videos that I'm going to be releasing here soon on like social media and Instagram uh, from that night because, you know, casually, she had all these fabulous uh, performers such as Derek Klenna and we had Joy Woods and Samantha Polly and um, Alex Newell was supposed to be there, but they were out sick and they couldn't make it. But uh, just all these fantastic people. I'm, names are escaping me right now, but uh, it was really great. And she did a fantastic song, but the night was just like pop, like hit after hit after hit. And it was just like some of the most iconic Broadway love songs. It just like puts you in the mood. Shout out to her. I Yeah, for sure. Um, I could keep talking about it for days, but I'm not going to bore you. Um, I also want to shout out the everyone over at LaGuardia. It was my first time ever going to LaGuardia this past week. And uh, on Friday, I was able to see their opera with uh, a mentor of mine. And it was just fantastic. His, his granddaughter was performing in this opera at LaGuardia. And I was like, what am I getting myself into here seeing a, you know, high school opera? And it was, I was blown away. Um, I've only been to the Met once. Like I've only seen like one opera. And uh, so to, to go experience this, it was pretty neat and really high quality. And I hate to say it as a PPAS kid, because I know there's a little bit of a rivalry there, but like I was blown away literally walking into the, their theater. It was just like our theater of PPAS is literally in like a basement and it's like just a auditorium, uh, if that. So it, it's nothing special, but then LaGuardia, you walk in and it's like, this very lavish, like crazy, like 40 piece orchestra and like all of these things. I'm, I may be exaggerating on 40, but like it was wild. And all of them are students, you know, like the, the technicians and the, the orchestra and uh, all the performers. It was just, it was incredible. And uh, just wanted to shout out all of them. I don't even know any of them, but I was literally, I was really blown away and moved by it. And I didn't know that I liked opera as much as I did until that night. You know, I was super invested in it. But speaking of, you know, LaGuardia was a rival of mine. So I, PPAS, shout out to you. You guys just did Rent. I wasn't able to see it, but uh, shout out to you. Uh, heard it was fantastic and they were able to perform. Uh, they were selected to perform over at the Schubert Theater uh, this past Monday on some like it hots day off uh, because of the success that they had. And they were able to do a number from that with a bunch of other high schools that uh, they were showcasing and featuring. So that was pretty cool. But I also want to shout out where I currently am going and uh, my current family, I guess I could say, uh, here at Pace. They just did nine to five. Uh, they did it a couple weeks ago now, but I didn't mention it. And I threw these shout outs. I was just like, oh, I should totally shout you all out. So, and I know some of you are listening. So shout out to you guys. Congratulations. Nine to five was incredible. Um, I'd never seen the show before. So it was cool to, to experience the show uh, for the first time. And Mitchell Sink was fantastic. A good friend of mine from A Christmas Story. He is definitely going to be coming on the pod here soon. And he literally like stole the show comedically and all the things. So it was cool to see him on stage. 
stage again. And, uh, you know, a couple other familiar faces, which is super fun. Leon A. Shepard, uh, George Sullivan, and Jake Goodman, and a bunch of these fantastic people. So everyone go check them out. And uh, congrats again on a successful run. I know these high school shows and college shows um, in respect to LaGuardia and Pace are not easy and super quick. So uh, shout out to all you guys doing the doing the thing and doing it so well. Um, so with that being said, I also have been covering a lot of opening night and uh, we have a ton of content coming to you all very soon. The best way to really keep up with all of it is to subscribe on our YouTube channel. Go check out at Take About Podcast or Take About Podcast on YouTube. You can see all of our fantastic videos so far. We just posted a doll's house. We are working on parades and getting that up for all of you. And, uh, you know, with all these opening nights coming, hopefully we get some more of them. And they're so fun and I, I just enjoy them all so much. So, uh, Look forward to, to doing all of that. And those videos are so fun to put together. And I know that you all are really going to enjoy them. So if you're interested in them, go check them out. I mean, it's with all of these fantastic people um, and famous people that are in the show and come to see the show. It's really, really cool just to get their perspective on the industry. And, and some of the advice that they give is really valuable and sometimes even more valuable than what I'm able to talk about here um, because I have such a limited time where I have to just get to the point with them. So um, that content is really fun and we'd really appreciate if you go check that out on YouTube. Uh, you know, do the thing, like, subscribe, do whatever. And as always, we keep you all posted on uh, social media. So if you want to follow us there, it's again, Take About Podcast, and uh, you can keep up with all the latest things. We are going to move the opening nights. I know I was releasing them here on a podcast, but it's kind of difficult to showcase a whole red carpet just through audio. So uh, we decided to make those YouTube exclusives. So if you are interested and you do like that stuff, which I know a lot of you do, definitely go check it out because it's so fun you guys are gonna love these videos and they we work a lot uh on them the team here at take about and shout out tessie shout out jessica shout out everyone for their help and uh we'd really appreciate it if you go check those out so yeah um, that's all I have for you folks this week. I know that was a large chunk of, uh, of an intro. So I'm just going to stop talking and I'm going to turn it over to Nikki Renee Daniels. So Nikki Renee Daniels, curtain up. So this week's guest has starred in 11 Broadway shows. What does that even mean? Uh, she may have left you blown away by her incredible singing voice or left you crying laughing in your seat. Most recently, as she played Angelica Schuyler in Hamilton in Chicago or Jenny in Company on Broadway. She has literally done it all and I cannot wait to talk to her about her career in the industry today. So everyone join me in welcoming to Take a Bow. Nikki Renee Daniels. Hello. Hi, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh my God, this is going to be a, a real treat. Um, the way I usually like to start these episodes is just asking you, how did we get here? You know, what inspired you to want to tell stories and be a performer? Because this world is wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's see. I mean, if we take it all the way back to the beginning. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, when I was a young kid, I just loved music. Um, yeah. And I don't come from a super musical family like my parents didn't sing or play any instruments or do theater um but just something in me I like begged my mom for piano lessons and I started piano when I was five and I played wow. the flute in middle school in the band and then um 
I saw my school's production of The Wizard of Oz, and I was in, I think, sixth grade. And I was like, oh, wow, that looks really fun. My good friend was playing the lead, and I thought, maybe next year I'll audition for the awesome. school musical. But up until that point, I wasn't really, like, a singer, per se. I was more mm-hmm. of a, you know, musician. So um, I auditioned for Cinderella, and I was cast as the yes. girl. <laughs> In the ensemble, tiny part, I had like one little solo line, and I used to get yelled at by the director for not singing loud enough because oh you my know, god, so shy and just like Ooh, you know, barely singing loud. Um, and so oh, that's so funny. But despite that, I loved like being a part of a theater production. So I decided, oh, I should take some voice lessons. Um, you know, like when I was a kid, you know, your mom would like there was like a catalog of classes you could take over the summer at like the community college. And one was like a voice. So I was like, Oh, sure. let's sign up for this voice class. So I was in a group class and I took voice and I liked it. And so I decided to study privately with that voice teacher. And then, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pretty naturally, like over that summer, I just kind of like found my voice. It's like it was in there just waiting wow. <laughs> to come out. And so I started um, taking voice lessons and then I joined show choir and then I quit the band because like theater and show choir was like taking over my high school (laughs) experience and then when I was a sophomore we moved to Atlanta Georgia and I found a performing arts high school there and so I was in heaven because it was like you know show choir was a class during the school day and like we took dance instead of gym (laughs) amazing like we had acting class like during the school day it was just like kind of a utopia for a kid who loved the arts so on that journey i decided i wanted to major in musical theater in college and i went to the university of cincinnati college conservatory of music as a musical theater major and i graduated and like jumped right in that's amazing and and you've had such an incredible career so i'm thrilled that that's how it all happened and how we got here um but that's that's wild it wasn't anything like you just kind of it was always in you you know it wasn't anything that really like sparked it you know that's pretty wild yeah Kind of a gradual journey to becoming a singer. <laughs> I love that. And I mean, now you're like one of the best vocalists on like around, like in this industry. You're just everywhere and doing concerts and everything. Like I always see your name. It's like, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, talk to me because I, I mentioned in the intro, you know, most recently you did Company on Broadway. So I, I've got to talk to you about it. I mentioned to you, I'm a huge fan of the show. Um, I've never seen company any other way um this was the only production of company i saw um 
So to me, when I'm reading about company and I'm reading about this show that's making this groundbreaking history, you know, and gender bending these roles and everything, and then I get to see it and I'm like, well, I I don't see it any other way. Like, it'd be hard for me to see it another way. What was the process like of not only being a part of that, but when you found out, you know, you must have had a much different experience than me saying like, oh, okay, like to me, it was a little normal. It may not have been normal for you. So talk to me about just finding out about this production. Yeah. Um, well, I think I must have, you know, just read on Playbill or something because they did it in London first with yeah. Patty and um, the London cast. So I heard about it and I thought it was a really cool idea um, because now when if you were to do company as it was originally written, it would need to be sort of a period piece because I think in this day and age, no one is um, after 35 year old men to like settle down and get married. <laughs> you know, it's not a thing um, for 30, especially in New York city. Like it's yeah. I don't, I don't name you 10, 35 year old men that I know that aren't married. And it's not a big deal. So, you know, for that to be the whole premise of the show, uh-huh. I thought it was a great idea to make it a woman only because, you know, that's like your biological clock starts going. If you, you're going to your yearly appointments and your doctor's like, well, you're 35. If you want to have kids, you got to think about it. And, you know, when I had my second daughter, I was over 35 and they were like, well, this is now a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> what? <laughs> they literally call it a geriatric pregnancy because you're no way. 35 and they're, you know, a lot more worried about something, you know, possibly going wrong. Sure. But all that said, like, I totally thought it was a genius idea to use uh, to make Bobby a woman because that's the only way to do it so that it's relevant in this day and age. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, like never seen it, but it it feels like it would, it kind of came from like a misogynistic point of view to this woman empowerment, like Mm -hmm. point of view and perspective of this story. And like, couldn't be better like i it just there's no way that i mean no offense to anyone that's ever done bobby as a man uh but there's no way way it was better than you know you or katrina doing it (laughs) you know um i had done uh production of company well i was um when i was in college they had i did summer stock at pittsburgh civic light opera and they had a production no way yeah oh Um, my god I'm from Pittsburgh. Right. I'm from I'm from around there, and that's where I started out. Yes, I love the PCLO. Huge okay. shout out. I mean, this production was probably before you were even born, but <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> they hire ensemble members to be in the ensemble for the whole summer. Yeah. So the last show was Company, and in the original Company, they had four ladies who sang in the pit and sort of um, enhanced the sound. Sure. Um, and I assume they were also understudies for some of the female roles. So I was one of those pit singers, basically, for the production in Pittsburgh CLO. And so Malcolm Getz was Bobby, and Michelle Pock was Joanne, and wow, people in the cat. Oh, Leslie Kritzer, I think, was Marta. Quinn, yes. People. Um, yeah, I can't think of. But anyway, it was a great cast. And so that was my first experience <laughs> with the show. And back then, it still kind of worked. I don't know if we said it as a period piece or if they said it in the year 2000. I can't remember, but it was still a little bit doable then. But I think now it's mm. just we couldn't set it in 2022 and have a male Bobby and have it be believable. I don't think so. Yeah, it just wouldn't be as that impactful, you know. Um, well, I'm curious because you, 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 first of all, you obviously played Jenny in the show, but then you also understudied Bobby in this time of COVID, um, which, you know, 
shut you down during the rehearsal process and then you open back up and it was just madness. So what was it like to, to the, what was that process like? You know, obviously you guys were testing and everything, but just being a cover during that time. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm just, we were just amazed that we even came back, you know, like when we yeah. they put us down, we were, we, I think we had done maybe either five or nine previews and they were like, Oh, we're going to shut down and we'll see you next month. Like I, on my Facebook memories, I, I just ran across a few things that were like, wash your hands and we'll see you April 14th. <laughs> oh my gosh. We had no idea that it was going to be like 18 months, I think before we came back together. Why? Um, so just the, so we were, you know, part of the pandemic time, we were worried that the show just wouldn't come back because a lot of shows didn't, you know, shows that were doing well, like Frozen, right. I think Mean Girls didn't come back. And, um, but thankfully Chris Harper, who paid our salaries. Yes. Come on, Ms. Lapone. He did what he needed to do to get us back. And so we were so thrilled. We would do anything to be back. We were in mass for the whole day of rehearsals and we were testing. I think wow. every day we would have to, uh, hit the testing place by nine thirty so that we could have our results for our ten o'clock start time. Oh yeah, wow! We do it because you know we were getting to come back and in a lot of ways we were wondering if our business would ever recover from, from mm. you know devastating event. So we were just super happy to be back. And I really have to give Marianne and Chris credit because we went back into the rehearsal room for like five weeks you know wow. we've been like oh we were in previews so let's just like get to the theater and like remount what we did and just like go and marianne really wanted to take the time to sit back down and like discuss our scenes again and anything we wanted to bring up that maybe hit differently now that we're you know different people 18 months later and you know we right. rediscovered everything and i have to say that it was invaluable because i feel like the show not that it wasn't good before i thought it was still great in the before times but it had so much deeper meaning um, this time, I think. Yeah, and I'm sure as a performer, I mean, you can never have enough rehearsal process. So to be able to just like sit on a text, you know, obviously you guys didn't know he was coming back, but just to have gone through a year and a half of your life, a little bit more maturing, stuff's going on, craziness. Uh, and, uh, you know, probably to come back, it was a whole new show and perspective that you guys were kind of putting out there. So mm -hmm. I'm sure that with process was uh, much needed, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, well, you became the first black lady to lead an iconic show as company. I mean, everyone's done a production of company. Um, what, what did that mean to you, especially in the time, you know, during the pandemic where all of this racial awakening kind of was going on and these movements were going on? Um, so what did that mean to you as a, not only a performer, but also like you as a person? Yeah, I mean, you know, there were... I've, I've lived in the city for over 20 years and there were some Sondheim productions that came along that I couldn't even get an audition for <laughs> just because they were really people of color. So the fact that I was cast in this and then able to sort of make history as the first African-American Bobby male or female on Broadway was yeah. a huge moment for me. I didn't, I don't think I realized how big of a, of a, how much attention it would get uh, <laughs> for me going on. Like, when you're in the process, you're like, oh, I'm an understudy. I've got to learn this part. And like, I've got right. to you know, go to these rehearsals and, and, and do learn how to climb down this rabbit hole. And like, you know, you're, you're more focused on just the technical things you need to do to be able to go on. That mm -hmm. uh, I sort of forgot about the uh, broader implications it had, like societal <laughs> implications it had. Yeah. But I was amazed when I went on at 
how how many people flooded to the theater to come see me. And like, I would see people at the stage door, like young African-American women that were just like, this mm. is life changing to get to see you do this. Like I've loved theater. I've loved Sondheim and I've never seen anyone who looked like me in a lead role in a Sondheim show, not like this, you know? And so, you know, it just, it, it, it hit me that it was such a bigger moment than me. Yeah. Just a, a bigger moment in terms of representation. And just in that whole run where I was on, a lot of people were on because a lot of people, the dominoes started falling with COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the understudies started going on. And like, I looked around and like at one show, it was like me as Bobby or Shidra who played Susan every night. Uh, Brittany Coleman as Jenny playing my part and um, Catherine Allison playing Sarah, J- Jennifer Smart's part. Wow. And like the four of us are up here with Patty and it's just like, <laughs> you know, we're looking around like we're here and we're doing this and we're doing it well and, and people are seeing it and maybe for the next Sondheim revival, it won't be hard for those kids 20 years behind me to get an audition, you know, to just be right. seen and to be accepted into that world. So it was wow. everything. <laughs> that's crazy. But that's amazing. And the fact that you were a part of that, you know, history and that, I don't know, realization for the younger generation, that's, that's amazing. Um, talk to me about Sondheim, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, there was a lot of emotions going on during the, the production with, you know, everything happening, um, obviously passing away. But you know, he was heavily involved in the process. And I, I, what was it like just to, you know, be able to have him in the room, kind of learn from him and ask him questions about the character in the show? Like, th- that must be yeah. such a wild experience. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't there every day. Um, mm-hmm. He was certainly a, a part of it. You know, we made some little script changes and tweaks, and he always had to approve them. Or maybe we would send him a suggestion and he would change it to something else that was like in the middle, like fix the mm. problem, but not, but use his own words to fix it or whatever the case might be. And he was there for like our final run throughs and he was there at the Zitz probe and he was there at the first preview. So just, I mean, for me, like he's, <laughs> he's everything in theater, like in theater, he's it, like he's the pinnacle. Right. And you know, I, when I was 16, I like, read all of his scripts and, and listened to all of his scores and just was like, this is the best of the best in what we do. And so just the idea that I would be in, like in our sits probe, he was, you know, with his cell phone, like making, taking video, <laughs> you know, and it was like, he, I mean, it was just such a huge moment for me as a performer to, and I'm so proud and honored that I got to sort of work with him and like be in something that, the last show of his that he was able to see on Broadway. And we saw him at the first preview and he was so clear and so happy wow. and so excited about the show. He loved our production. He talked to us about how he wished George Firth could have seen it. Who wrote the wow. book. Um, you know, he was just so proud of it. And so when he passed away, it just really felt like we we're taking his legacy and like sort of carrying the torch. And we, I was so glad that we were there for anyone that wanted to come celebrate him in a way or like support his his legacy they could come see our show and like feel like they were you know taking in his his genius <laughs> in a visceral way you know right after he passed so it just felt like we were carrying his torch 
Absolutely. And you said it like, you know, his legacy here on Broadway and in in musical theater in general. I mean, it's it's quite the resume. And it seems like now lately, you know, he's had like a whole uh, second wave here on Broadway with Company Into the Woods, Sweeney Todd now and like all these things are coming back. And, you know, it's been said by performers and everything that like, you know, his work is some of the hardest uh, material to attack and and do every night. You know, what was that experience like for you? And, you know, I'm sure it was a mouthful every night. I'm sure there was so much, there was always something new that you got, you could explore and do. Uh, so what was it just like just working on his material? Oh, I mean, you got to love it. I mean, he's like our modern day Shakespeare and it just goes yeah. to show, it goes the strength of the work that you can take it from a male lead in 1970 and bring it to a female lead in 2022. Sure. Not have to change that much and it works. It just works because it's solid and the work is, and the work is good enough to be morphed into um, whatever is relevant in today's society. So just getting to work on his material, I was so happy because I've loved his you know, stuff since I was a teen. And so to get to do that complicated opening number and to get to like, yeah. and just even in my bedroom practicing my understudy material, like the, it just gives you so much to chew on. His lyrics are just so yeah. being alive and marry me a little, like they're so complex. And for an actor, it gives you so much to work with. And mm-hmm. In a way, make so much to like make it your own and to make it different from whoever is doing it at night because you couldn't possibly. It's just so nuanced that you couldn't possibly just take someone else's performance and do it as an understudy. You have to make it your own as an actor. Right. Put yourself into it, and so it was just. You know, there's nothing better than getting to work on good material. You don't have to make it into something. You don't have to, as we say, polish a turd <laughs> when. Yeah. You get some material that's complicated, but you've got to make it work. Like it's just you can really just live in the words and and breathe life into it as a performer. It's just the greatest challenge and so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you also talk about you know just doing it again, you know, bringing it back to life and everything, and in this new way. I think that has something to say about like revivals in general and just revivals in musical theater. I mean, so many of us say, oh, we just want to like originate a role or do something new. And that's totally true. But like, what is it about a revival that, you know, is already done, has already been done, but bringing it back to making it something like completely new, how special can a revival be here in this Broadway? Yeah. Well, I mean, all theater is meant to be done over and over in different places with different people, you know. I mean, yeah, of course it's ideal to sort of create something and, and uh, make yourself the mold for that character. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing a revival from scratch, you can still sort of make it your own. And so we were able to, you know, in our scene also, Bobby was a female, but in Jenny and David's scene, I was basically reading the David lines and Christopher was right. basically Jenny. We sort of swapped that. And so, you know, we were able to talk about that dynamic of being like a stay-at-home dad with a you know, yeah. working mom, you know, corporate wife. And like, what that? Go boss, come know. on. <laughs> so we were able to just, you know, and even uh, Susan and Susan and uh, Peter's scene was also switched. It's like, wow, Peter was the one with the wilting flower that couldn't stand heights, and you know, and then Susan's the one that's like the strong one in the relationship. So 
once again, it speaks to the the brilliance of his work that we were able to do all of those changes without changing much of the original script. Yeah, for sure. It's it's incredible. I I loved the show. I literally saw it like four times. I was like something wild during previews, during opening. I was like, oh, I loved it. And of course, you know, seeing those new uh, relationships with all the, obviously in the COVID times, seeing Jen as Patty, you know, was pretty neat and all the things. So yeah, I, I loved it. I could talk about it for days, but we're going to talk a little bit more about the rest of your career. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Hamilton because I mean, okay, Hamilton is Hamilton. It's literally, arguably the most popular musical of this generation. Um, so what was it like just to to be a part of that, which is something that's completely new kind of in musical theater. Um, it's a, probably a different experience, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was such a dream because I was such a fan of the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once you've been on Broadway, I've done like 10 shows at the time Hamilton came out. Yeah, sure. I was like, I, you know, as much as I love seeing new theater, I wasn't like as much of a fangirl as I was maybe in high school, but Hamilton made me like a true fangirl. <laughs> Come on. It brought the theater kid out of all of us, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, like Lynn and I are around the same age, so the music was just like, it felt like the music that I grew up with. And like, wow. even the first time I was in the audience watching it, like I could finish some of the sentences because I knew what that song <laughs> he was quoting from like, you know, Biggie right. or Cool J or whatever it was. I just like got it. It just felt like... You know, back in the day, musicals were like the popular music of the day. Like South Pacific, you would hear those songs on the radio or whatever. So right. Hamilton, Hamilton to me felt like the first time I was watching something where it's like, oh, this is like the music I grew up to and would sing, you know, or would rap to or whatever. So it was yeah. so cool getting to be a part of it. Um, when I saw, I saw it, I think before even like the cast recording came out. So like one, as soon as the cast recording came out, I got it. Yeah. It was memorized. It was Come on. Repeat. So, and I always thought actually that I was more of an Eliza in the show. And really? Yeah. And I think that's just because I was used to being whoever the ingenue is. That's me. And so, oh. but you know, I'm like aged into Angelica. And so I, when I first auditioned for the show, I like was trying to get in for the tour. They wouldn't see me. They wouldn't see me. And then finally I got an audition for Eliza, like literally like two weeks after I had my daughter. <laughs> wow. So my first audition, I go in in like two pairs of Spanx and I'm like, I'm Eliza. And they're like, <laughs> you're not. Uh, why don't we have to see you again when you can come in for Angelica, like in some future date. So then wow. maybe a year later, I was just about to finish up my run in the Book of Mormon. And they were like, would you be interested in coming in for Angelica? Um, Maybe for the tour or for Chicago production? And I was like, sure. So I went in and um, I was cast. And then they were trying to figure out which company would work best. And with the kids and everything, we thought Chicago was better because it's like a stationary (laughs) spot. Yeah. Come stay with me for the summer and like not all the traveling and all that. So, um, yeah. And so then I got to go into the show and what, amazed me as a replacement because I've replaced quite a few times but Tommy Kale was there like wow no more came like Andy Bunnyfield came like they were maintaining this production and this was year three of Chicago mm. when I went in they knew that they were closing in January of um 2020 and so I started in April and like we all knew it was going to be like a nine month thing and so right. there was no you know other shows I've been in they just in year four or five of a show, they're not as 
hands-on, which is fun. That's like how it goes. But Tommy came like right before my first show. I worked with him. I rehearsed with him a little bit. Wow. But the resident director, Jess McLeod, was also amazing. And they really did not encourage you to like be a carbon copy of anyone. They wanted you to like make it your own and like, even the little blocking things were flexible to like make it more true to what you wanted to do with the character. And it was just so nice to, um, Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not feel like, oh, I've got to make sure I, gotta, I hit number eight right at this time. And I've got to like yeah. this way and look and point this finger. You know, some people are, sometimes when you replace, they're a lot more specific about, they want you to sort of be right in this little box. And that wasn't the case with Hamilton at all. They really encouraged me to, put my own stamp on it. Alex and I came up with a riff that worked better for yes. me and satisfied because of it. You know, like they just really tried to custom tailor as much as they could the part so that I felt comfortable uh, in my skin doing it. And so yeah. I was just amazed at the care that they took with the production. And I think that's part of why it's been such a big success. Even now we're seven years past whenever it opened because they encourage even the understudies and people that go on like, they, they make it fresh and they make it new. And it's like what we said about Sinon is like, if the writing is good, <laughs> it's on the page. So you can yeah. perform it that in a way that's true to you and still tell the story, you know? So mm-hmm. it was just one of the best, I, I mean, my favorite, probably my favorite role I've ever got to play. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. And is it because of like the whole like fandom that kind of went into it beforehand or is it I just think, like, I think it's a little bit, all of it, but I mean, Saturday, yeah. Satisfied is just the greatest, like, you can never do it the same way twice. It's like an actor. No. And there's so many, there's so much going on. It's so brilliant. I have to give a shout out to Andy Mueller because, like, just the detail and the rewind and how it all goes backward. And mm. it's just so well done. And it so supports the Angelica and just the relationship between her and her sister. And it's just such a, it's like an actor's dream. You know, you get to do right. that and then you get to do... It's quiet uptown, which is like heartbreaking. And then you get to do the Reynolds pamphlet, which is telling off Hamilton. It's just like, so it was just everything. And you're kind of like a little featured player, but you don't have to carry the show. Right. <laughs> so it's like You don't have the stress of being like, oh, I've got to be like on for three hours. You know, you come out and do your like Skylar sisters and it's fun. And then you do something yeah. helpless and you're like, done. And then you off a little bit and then you go to London and then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah just the right amount without making you stressed about being able to do it eight shows a week (laughs) for sure but it's so cool like i think that's something that makes hamilton so special is that like 
it's an ensemble piece like mm-hmm. that 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 is the definition of it like that should be the definition of an ensemble piece everyone has their features everyone has their moment even the dancers you know mm-hmm. like they get their moments you know yeah. it's just there's so much in it uh for everyone and i don't know i would literally want to play anyone in that yeah. cast you yeah. know well, the principals other than hamilton and burr the principals really do step into that ensemble and support those actors. yeah i thought oh i do satisfied and then i go off stage for 10 minutes and it's like no then you go and you go up on that top level and you're like still doing a little you're <laughs> in every song right so, i don't want to make it seem like it was a cakewalk but you also sure. go up there and support and be that like support for the people that are telling the story in the middle so it's exactly really cool you mentioned, you know, with your kids, Chicago being like a maybe a more accessible uh, choice for the family and everything. You know, I've talked about a lot about being like a broad, like a kid on Broadway and the, what the parents have to do. I, I'm curious just to hear the being a parent on Broadway, like what that whole thing. I've never thought of it like that and how that can influence your decisions. Yeah. What is that like? Yeah. Well, going to Chicago was a big. Um decision because you know my husband was also doing tootsie on broadway oh yeah i was there so he was standing by for santino for the lead role in tootsie amazing um all while solo parenting for most of the week and so i would do my matinee on sunday and after five o'clock i would run to the train (laughs) go to the airport and get on a seven o'clock flight come back to new york Every Sunday, I did it like 35 times. Uh-uh. New York Sunday night, Monday spent with the kids, with the fam. Um, Tuesday at noon, I'd go back to the airport. <laughs> I would drop off my daughter at school, have brunch with uh, Jeff and my other daughter, who wasn't in school yet, go wow. to the airport and go back in for my Tuesday night show. And so I did that like 33 times. And then over the summer, <laughs> they stayed with me in Chicago and Jeff flew back and forth to us, which was a little more complicated because his day off was Wednesday. <laughs> oh. Uh, or two, or Thursday or something. So anyway, it was hard for him to get back and forth. Um, but yeah, they stayed with me in Chicago for the summer. And then, so I try to, it's tough when you, cause you know, you don't want to be away from your family, but I yeah. it in like two four month chunks. I was like, it's going to be four months of the traveling, and then I'll have them for the summer, and then four more months, and then we'll be done. But um, we just took it a week at a time, and we made it work because you know I really wanted to do Hamilton. It was just like mm-hmm. a once in a lifetime opportunity, and we made it work. And then in company, my husband, I don't know if you know, is an understudy in company. Also, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that they brought him on as additional help with the whole you know pandemic understudy situation it turned out that people needed more coverage than they thought they did so (laughs) we started um in like january of 2022 so we were both on that company schedule with the girls and so you know unreal team of babysitters (laughs) yeah you know we would take them every morning at 6 30 like they my daughters go to the special music school so they have um, one plays the flute and one plays the violins. We practice their instruments with them in the morning. Wow. Them to school, pick them up most days unless it's a Wednesday with two shows. And then, you know, come home, eat dinner at like 4.30. <laughs> oh my gosh. The theater. So, you know, we it's, it's really tricky uh, Broadway schedule with 
kids, but yeah, make it work and it's better than traveling. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure it's got to be tricky because like, you know, it's not a typical work day. It's not a nine to five when they're in school. You know, you they come home from school and you got to go to work. It's got to yeah. be wild. Wow. I that that's that's insane. And no days off for you during Hamilton's is yeah. possibly even more impressive. Like, holy moly, you need a day off. Come on. At least you, hopefully you're enjoying this time in between. Right. Yeah. To kind of recover. You're you probably deserve you need it. You deserve it for sure. No, I have to admit when we thought it was just going to be a month off, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Just a minute to breathe. <laughs> I, I actually cl- we closed Hamilton in Chicago on like January 5th on a Sunday night. And that Monday morning, January 6th, I started rehearsal for company. <laughs> wow. It was like I went from all that crazy whirlwind of Hamilton to like. The next day, company. <laughs> and then we had the whole 18 months during the pandemic. So actually, it was kind of nice to like feel like I re- reconnected with the family more and had a lot, yeah. of, a lot of quality time together. And also, my mom was sick, so I was able to go visit her more. And like, you know, a Broadway schedule just wouldn't allow for you to like be there for weeks with, you know, a sick parent. So right. it was like, for me, the perfect time to slow down. I mean, not that I, I would want another pandemic to ever happen, but right. <laughs> definite silver linings in terms of family time. So. For sure. Well, that's great. Um, I, I, we were talking about uh, Hamilton and, and kind of, you know, you being very excited for that. I'm curious, you know, what is 11 Broadway shows later? What is it that keeps you engage like what ke- what keeps you wanting more what is it the work you've played some of the most iconic roles in some of the most incredible shows so Yvette is yourself what keeps you excited and what gets you excited I guess to to go in for things yeah I mean I just truly love it like yeah I just <laughs> I love especially singing like I'm I've been doing a lot of concert um work like symphony concert solo work in the past year and I love that because I'm like truly a nerd musician at heart. Um, but I just love, I think what I love most about theater is that I'm naturally kind of like a shy person. Like I don't really like, you know, where you have to kind of talk as yourself, like as a host or like introduce things or like be yourself talking out or talking sure. in songs and like a cabaret. Like I get nervous for that. Like, so I love going into a musical where you like are someone else and you're playing <laughs> And you, and I love to sing more than anything. So you use the your voice to like tell the the most extreme moments of their excitement or pain or you know whatever the moments are. You're able to use your instrument to give life to those stories. It's just the best feeling, and I just I just love doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. So it's it's kind of just the, your 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 passion for it. You you know, it just you, that that's amazing because you don't want to be doing something you don't love. Because there are oh. you know people that are just like Sunday. It's like oh boy, here we go. You know, <laughs> you, at least you have that spark alive still. Yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, uh, to say that you know, some on, on your second show, <laughs> like, three years into your run in the Book of Mormon, that you're not you would maybe rather go home. But I right. Also, I think of, you know, that audience, there's someone out there, this is their first time, or they've never, even if it's their 20th Broadway show that they're watching, they've never seen you in this show or whatever. So you yeah. owe it to them to give them a good performance. And, For sure. Yeah. And I'm sure too, like it, this industry is blessed with some of the most incredible people. So I'm sure there's some people in this industry too that, you know, 
you can't pass up an opportunity, you know, like put put your resume. I mean, you've worked with Joshua Henry, Norm Lewis, Audrey McDonald, all in one show and Porgy and Vest, like that, like Patty Lapone and, and all this fantastic people in company just to continue to, to learn from them and be in a room with them and, and, and kind of be a scene partner with them, you know, like that's gotta be, I don't know what, what's it, is that part of it too? And is that something that you always continue to learn from and just working with these incredible people? Absolutely. I mean, I've been so lucky to work with so many of my idols, you know, like Sutton Foster, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, yeah. uh, Audra, who is everything and will always be everything. And Patty Lapone, who is the queen of all of it. <laughs> never heard of her. Sit <laughs> <laughs> in a rehearsal room and watch them and watch their process and learn from them. And it's just, I feel so lucky, especially to work with Patty. I don't know, something about, I mean, of course, Audra, because she was always my, um, as a black soprano, she was like the thing, the one. Sure. And, you know, when I got that carousel recording, I was like, oh, yeah. oh, wait, I can actually do this? Like, I, you know, you got to see it to be it, that whole thing. I was, mm-hmm. the first time I saw it and was like, oh, that person is doing like what I do and she is successful and maybe there's a place, a path for me in this, in this industry. Wow. And then to work with Patty, who you're like, she's done everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, literally. (laughs) He was Ava Perone. (laughs) Like literally being able to sit on stage and be like, Patty, what was it like doing eight shows a week is Evita? Or like, what was it like doing your, um, what was the show she did, Les Mouches? The show she did at Les Mouches, like while she was doing Evita. She was doing a club act. Oh my god! After the show, like she would do as Ava, and then go do an hour long club act that was like famous. And I was like, "How did you do that?" <laughs> she right. was, and she told me about how she felt like you know everyone was coming to the show and they were seeing her play Evita, and they thought that that was her, like that that woman oh. was her, and she felt like she wanted to do something that showed who she really was. And that's wow. put together this club act, and I was like. I can't believe you were able to do it, but just to be able to like sit down and like ask her anything about her, her, her amazing career is just, yeah, just so cool. And to even just, you know, see these people just work right in front of you, like to see that dedication still there after doing everything in their career. Yeah, and um, too, that They're just normal people. You know, you tend to think of like, well, mm-hmm. he's like this queen of everything. Like she's not going to be nervous. She's going to like come in and like, and you'd like, Oh no, she's like an actor like us. Like first preview. She's, sure. she's worried about where her chair is going and the yeah. <laughs> big dance number. Is she going to get the right pattern? You know what I mean? Like she's, yeah, they're just humans who happen to be wow. insanely talented, but they are just human beings that are, doing this with you and especially patty she's su- such an ensemble member like she really like the first end of the first week she knew every pa every intern's name oh like oh okay patty lapone can know everyone's name everyone else needs yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, better do some homework <laughs> she, treated, she treated it with respect not like yeah to have me here but like i'm right. part of this company and i'm gonna you know behave the team yeah yeah 
That's incredible. I mean, I've, I think that's an amazing place to leave off there. And thank you so much, Nikki, for, for joining me today and talking about your career. You have so much to, to be proud of and you have so much to take a bow for. Wow. So uh, yeah, yes, thank you so much for doing this. This has been lovely. Seriously, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you. So nice to meet you too. Thank you. Take a bow, Nikki Renee Daniels. Oh, yes. Thank you. We love a virtual bow. <laughs> Take a bow, Nikki Renee Daniels. Oh, that was so much fun. You know, it was really cool, like, as a performing kid, like a child performer, uh, to talk about what it's like for a parent who's going through the whole thing, you know? Like, I never thought of the people in my cast that had to go home to their children. You know, I would always be like, oh, I haven't seen my dad today, you know? I can't imagine what, like, their kids are saying, and they're even, like, younger than me. So uh, to talk to Nikki about that and, like, taking jobs out of town and and having uh, both your mom and dad on Broadway is kind of crazy and i guess that's why they started the whole like broadway babysitting type of company and thing that they have going on that's been very pivotal for a lot of broadway performers i know for sure um so it was just really really cool to talk to talk to her and um talk about you know life in the industry as a parent as as the first black woman to or a black person in general to lead a production of company all of those things were just really really fun and really really cool topics to talk about and just working with Stephen Sondheim and Patty Lapone, those stories were fantastic. So a uh, huge shout out to Nikki for coming on and taking the time to chat with me and give us all a little bit of entertainment this week. Hopefully you all enjoyed them. I know, uh, you know, company is obviously not going on right now, but uh, you will be able to see her on stage really soon because I did, I, as I was talking to her, she did she ask, you know, like, when does this come out? Because there are things coming that I would love to talk about, but it was coming out today, so it wasn't ready to, to be talked about, uh, unfortunately. But when that stuff does come out, I will obviously be sure to let you all know. And you can follow her on whatever she's she's up to. And I uh, can't wait to see her back on stage really soon because, as I said, her voice is ridiculous. She's uh, so talented. I She made me lose my mind in uh, company. So I can't wait to, to see what's next for her. If you do want to follow her i didn't mention this in the interview portion or anything it is on instagram nikki n-i-k-k-i renee r-e-n-e-e sings s-i-n-g-s so there is that and you can keep up with the latest on her um but obviously i'll keep y'all updated because i love to support and uh remind y'all what's going on with the take about fam so yeah that's all i have for you folks this week i again would love for you all to check out the youtubes check out uh all any of the episodes that uh, maybe you haven't listened to and as always i hope you enjoyed this week's episode i hope you all learned something and if you didn't hopefully you just had a good time so uh thanks again for listening and let's do it again next week shall we bye everyone have a great week for this episode's curtain call i would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow this podcast would not be possible without the help from dory berenstein alan seals kimberly garris and the team at the broadway podcast network 
Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.